0: Welcome to the tenth, I say it tenth episode of Nerd Candy, and it's me Dolly, and I'm Nerd Candy, and with me as always the extra extraordinary, because that's the word I'm using, Edwin. Hello, hello. <laughs> you look so hoovy when you said that. What's that? You looked very hoovy in the way you said it.
1: It's because I am Hoovian. What's wrong with you?
0: No, like Hoovian from Whoville. No. Exactly my point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who else do you think I was talking about?
0: <laughs> well, it's Dr. Hoovians. So. Potato.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, since we started on that note, I have to obviously go to. We have to go to Whoville. <laughs> And start this episode in a very strange strange path. They're making a new Grinch
1: movie. Sadly.
0: It's animated. Which Sadly. It's the animation looked cool, like the concept looked funny. But what the heck is Benedict Cumberbatch doing? He has such like a masculine deep voice and then he does the Grinch in this high pitched squealy american voice
1: maybe he's making fun of americans maybe
0: (laughs) that's all i can think of i'm like the grinch is supposed to be grumpy and he doesn't sound grumpy he just sounds annoyed (laughs) and annoying
1: true
0: i mean it's hard for me i Eh, i don't know how i feel about it Yeah, Jim Carrey did an awesome Grinch, so it's kind of hard for me. Like, he had the voice spot on. Like, in the original cartoons, he had that mean one, Mr. Grinch. (laughs) Like, deep voice. And then you got Benedict Cumberbatch's version. It's like, what? Why? And I'm a Cumberbatch fan. I'm like, I think he's pretty cool, but it's, I don't know. He lost me there.
1: I was going to say, like, eh, I don't know. Eh. I've seen I've seen the trailer, and I saw the announcement when they first made it, and I was like, first animated, and then I didn't know it was Benedict doing the voice of him. So, you know, learning that today, I was like, really? I know. I was like, I was expecting somebody else, but then it's like, eh, yeah, I don't know how I feel.
0: It sounded like Andy Dukakis, and I was like... <laughs> The by see the name, um, Benedict Cumberbatch come uh, like attached to it while I was watching the trailer because and I'm like, but who was Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> and then at the end of the trailer? it's a starring Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm like,
1: no, I enjoyed the Jim Carrey version a lot more.
0: I mean, I'm not, I have nothing against it being animated because I mean, the original animation was good, it's a new era, Illumination wants to do a new animation, which I love illumination. I mean, I'm a big fan of this despicable me franchise. It's so fluffy <laughs> as I am Agnes. <laughs> yes,
1: you're definitely Agnes. So that is you all day.
0: Yeah. So if I don't look for unicorns. was that? It's so if I don't go hunting for unicorns. That's the <laughs> only difference. But I did hunt for other things. So I was very Agnes as a child. So I can relate to her. And i love the franchise so i was expecting more and then i saw the trailer and i'm like really oh but why i mean i like the him being in an orphanage and that's why he's so bitter about christmas so i mean i like that twist on the story but the, the voice like eh, i don't know i don't know wtf Cumberpatch? yeah
1: I don't know. Like I said, let's see what happens. But still, like, eh. (laughs) yeah.
0: But uh, in positive news, this week is Jurassic World. Finally! I know, I've been waiting for months. I think I've been waiting since the first movie came out for a second (laughs) one. I'm like, I need more Chris Pratt. I'm like a Chris Pratt junkie.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you're a Chris Pratt groupie.
0: Not groupy, just junkie.
1: <laughs> I just can't
0: get enough of him. It's like, where more Chris Pratt? <laughs> I mean, I've I've watched Parks and Rec all the way through at least four times.
1: It's you just can't stop watching it. No, no matter how many times you've seen it, you just and the thing is, you laugh extra hard every time.
0: Yeah, with the lovable Andy Dwyer. So like that's <laughs> when I first fell in love with Chris Pratt, and he wasn't all hot like he is now. He was pudgy and he was funny and he was cute. And I like, I, was like, I like Andy Dwyer. <laughs> I like, I imagine in real life he showered more than Andy Dwyer did. So I thought he <laughs> was cute. <laughs> and then he got super hot for Guardians of the Galaxy. And then since then, it's been a wrap. I fell into I Okay, I have a Pratt attack. <laughs> 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 oh, so. You know, I'm super excited. Can't wait. The film is going to be awesome. Jeff
1: Goldblum is going to be in it. I know. Come on.
0: <laughs> I knew. Dr. Ian Malcolm. Not just his book. book. Him. Because <laughs> in the first movie, his book is in it several times. The kid is reading his book on the monorail on the way up to Jurassic World. And then the... Geeky guy, I always forget his name. He's actually in the tag movie, but which one? Is he in tag movie? I know he's in the show New Girl, uh-huh. but his character had the little dinosaurs on his desk, and he also had the Dr. Ian Malcolm book. So to not just have like hints of. Dr. Ian Malcolm to have the Dr. Ian Malcolm. That's all I need. First time I watched a trailer and his voice came on, I got goosebumps.
1: I was like super excited.
0: I know, Mister Chaos Theory himself. Yeah. And then I, I can't wait. I
1: just—it's uh, only a couple hours away, and I'm just like, can we just be there already? Like I know. we've been waiting how long? Seriously. We've seen the trailers how many
0: times? (laughs) (laughs) Not as many as my nephew. My nephew's watched every trailer from every country.
1: Like internationals and everything. Yeah.
0: He can tell you all the dinosaurs that are predicted to be in the movie and everything. So, I mean, I'm super excited. He is super overly pumped. He asked me to sleep until June and January. So he, he basically acts to be cryogenically frozen so he can sleep until June. <laughs>
1: Cryostasis.
0: Yeah. He asked for it in not so many words.
1: He hinted at
0: it. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> so I know we're all excited for it.
1: It's gonna be a very it's gonna be a very good movie and I can't wait. I cannot wait to see the final product.
0: I mean, and then Chris Pratt this week got from MTV Movie Awards. He got the Generation Award.
1: Generation
0: Award, yep. Which is kind of cool. I mean, I didn't think he was long around in the, like the spectrum that long for a Generation Award, though. He is my nephew's favorite actor, so I guess kids really know Chris Pratt. <laughs> so he got the Generation Award, and his um speech was actually very uplifting and not what i expected from him so it was it was a nice side of him to see his acceptance speech very good speech he got a little religious but then he also said you know no one's perfect
1: religious in the sense like it's not like you know like saying that come on you know what i mean there's you know there's always somebody out there you know, what I mean, looking down on us and, you know, making sure we're good. Yeah.
0: But I'm saying, though, he did, he got a little religious. He didn't get like preachy, but, exactly. you know, he kind of hit. It was an undertone. But I again, I like the message of the fact that, yeah, nobody's perfect. Nobody. So, you know, deal with it. <laughs> Just be yourself. Be yourself in a way was kind of the message he was giving. And it's like, you know, accept yourself. Be yourself. Don't try to be perfect because nobody's perfect.
1: And funny. It was even though it was somewhat, I wouldn't say it wasn't preachy, but still. I said
0: it had an undertone. It had a religious yeah. undertone. He still but he those... was still himself. He still had his personality yeah, he, he had and
1: his little, you know, jokes here and there.
0: So I thought that was good. I, I... congratulations, Chris Pratt. Um, so if you ever listen to me, I love you, Chris Pratt, and congratulations. <laughs> and I'm a huge fan. Um, you're number two on my list, but not number one. <laughs> <laughs> So that that I'm super super excited for that. I'm also excited for Creed too. Yes. Saw the new teaser trailers like a minute and a half, and I really enjoyed the first one. I'm a big fan of the Rocky series, the Rocky franchise. I'm a big fan. I like all of them. Not every single one is solid gold, but I like all of them.
1: They're all. Whoever does not like Rocky is
0: a Nazi. They got issues. They got, they're they Nazis. The Nazis <laughs> don't like anything that's good so, in you well.
1: Know, I like how they're continuing it, but how can I put it? Rocky's in it, but it's not about him per se. It's about the people around him.
0: Well, that was the first movie. The first movie, Creed. F- and the funny thing is, too, because I saw the previews and everything, but I completely forgot that they sh- they hinted at Balboa being in it. And I like boxing movies. I've always been a fan of boxing movies. So I decided to watch it and then I'm like, oh wait, this is basically a Rocky movie, but it's about Apollo Creed's son. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed it. And then the girl who plays Valkyrie is his girlfriend and she's back for the second movie. The main character is back for the second movie. So it's all the same cast. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And I mean, and when I say all the same cast, I mean Dolph lundridge is gonna be in it
1: just it, it's just like the little it wasn't even a hint right as soon as, as soon as the teaser trailer somewhat ends the kid you know the, the the kid that's coming up onto the ring to to fight yeah you know, they show his rope you know it says Drago on the back I was like
0: yes yeah so of course upon further investigation because <laughs> yeah. we had to and want... and Dolph lundridge is gonna be in it Exactly. As Ivan Drago and his son Victor Drago is gonna be who Apollo Creed Jr.'s son is gonna fight in the movie. So it's like a redemption story, like you know, he gives it that getting that you know, vengeance for his dad, you know.
1: It's like a good formula good formula for a good boxing movie because it's like, okay, Rocky four, he beat, you know, Ivan. And it's like, but it it's like, oh, it's like there's still something missing. Yes, Rocky kicked his butt, but it's not over yet,
0: you
1: know? Yeah. And it's pretty much like I was telling you earlier, you know, it's like I read about it and I'm thinking like, oh, you know, making another Rocky movie is like, you know, if you come to think about it in the timeline of Rocky, he's already old. And then obviously, you know, Yvonne is old, too. So it's like, how will they do it? And then uh, we saw the trailer today, five, six months later after I saw the info. And it's like, here we go. This is what I was waiting for. If
0: you would have said it to me five, six months later, I probably would have told you. Rocky's but, not going to fight him. It's definitely going to be part of Creed because the first movie, Creed, is basically, in a way, it's like Rocky five.
1: Yeah. But it's, it's just in the way that they did the interview with uh-huh. Sylvester Stallone. Like he had, you know, he had said that he was thinking about doing another Rocky movie, but then I was like, it won't fit with the timeline because when when they interviewed him, that's when you know Creed already came out, so it's like it won't fit in the timeline. If Creed hadn't come out yet, then I was like, okay, you can play with the timeline a little bit, you know. But you know, it already did. But this is perfect. Like it it, it works perfectly.
0: You yeah. Know?
1: You, you you get to see two superstars, you know, Rocky. And Yvonne is like, "Yes, it's like a it's like a uh, um revenge slash redemption, you know,
0: I mean, all the movies have been good, oh yeah, I mean Rocky's what put Sylvester Stallone on the map. He sold the movie rights, but attached himself to the film. He said, You know I'll sell you the movie, but I have to be the main character, so he wrote." and starred in his first movie and put everything on the line because he believed in it. And look what it is now. It's it's a classic amongst classics. I've sit in my home and binge watched all four rocket movies back to back to back to
1: back. Because they're just great movies.
0: Also, I like to hermit sometimes. <laughs> and,
1: and, like, and it's pretty much if you come to think about it, it's the age of the montage.
0: Like <laughs> I, I like to marathon movies and it was like Rocky. I saw that I all four of them were available. as I'm like, I'm watching all of them. And this follow the story and the story, the storytelling and the, the writing. I mean, Rocky itself, the first one, changed the way movies about sports were told. Because of Rocky, we have all the other great sports movies that have come out. Because prior to Rocky, it was literally just about the game. It wasn't so much about the people involved about in the, the game. Fighter
1: itself, yeah. yeah. About the like, struggles they go through.
0: Like Coach Carter and all those other movies would not exist today if it wasn't God, for Coach
1: Carter. You just hit me in my soul on that yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm saying though,
0: that movie would not exist if it was not for Rocky.
1: Remember the Titans? Yeah, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be what it is. Yeah, he changed
0: the way. People looked at movies about sports, they thought, "Oh, it's a boxing movie, so we're just going to show people training we're gonna show and that's to show just a sport
1: It's called a montage,
0: yeah, <laughs> and then we have Rocky, and we she shows him as a real person going through personal struggles, going persevering, and like he had a he put soul in the idea of sports movies,
1: yeah. True. You're perfectly right.
0: So I have such a high regard and respect for the first Rocky movie that I I, I can't help but love the rest of them because <laughs> that one it's such a game changer in filmmaking.
1: I just loved how you can just sit down and watch it and you enjoy it. You know, you can con- really connect to Rocky and no matter what status you, you know, consider yourself, you can still connect him, you know, connect with him, you know, because he just... The first one, like, he just he just didn't want to be a boxer, you know what I mean? He wanted he wanted to do something with his life. Yeah. You know, he's coming from the streets, you know what I mean? No recognition, humble.
0: He stays humble through it all, though. You
1: know, that's what I'm saying, humble. Because
0: when he loses his money, because a lot of... And that's the one thing, too, about Rocky that was really sweet because he didn't lose all his money because he got cocky he got full of himself and threw his money away he lost all his money because he trusted the wrong person with his money and he got screwed over so that's what i liked about rocky too because he the fundamentals of who he was as a person never really changed because sometimes they'll do that to a character they'll be like oh fame blew his head up and stuff like that. But you know what? That's not everybody. Not every person's going to go through that. They're going to become famous and become a giant a-hole. There are, there are like actors and stuff like that who are freaking Keanu Reeves. They're that's actors a, that, and everything, example. but they're humble. And they're still people. And that... To me, was some another thing that Rocky showed in the later movies when he lo he loses all his money,
1: and he's back in. Uh, wh- where was he from? Philly, Philly, Philadelphia. I was like, I can't remember. I got so much in my Philly brain has a
0: statue. They him, have man. the. They still have the statue of him. So come on.
1: As for a far moment, I was like, "Where's he from again?"
0: <laughs> but and so that's when I watch Rocky. <laughs> that's where my mind. Appreciates it one as a filmmaker because I will always first like things or hate things as a filmmaker. Yes, and true. then <laughs> just as an audience member and as a viewer, like you fall in love and you care about these characters. And it's
1: just like when he's in the ring, it's like you want to be there with him. You know, every shot, every body shot, every head shot. You're like, yes, hit him, hit him. And when he falls, you're just like,
0: get up. What are you doing? Get up. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's just get... like me watching a real boxing match. <laughs> I do the same thing you know when me? I'm watching like, boxing. You
1: really, you really get, like, you really, he does a very good job in the audience connecting with the character.
0: Yeah, you know? and that's, and that and it held true with Creed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, especially. Oh my God, the first one I was right there. Well, like, again. Yeah. I was like,
0: left, right jab, left jab, protect yourself, get up. <laughs> yeah. So like you connect, and you the characters you you're brought in, and they bring you into that story, and you feel for them, and you follow their journey. So the fact that this Creed, when I watch it, I'm like, yes. At the end of the movie, I'm like, oh my God, I called my dad. I'm like, my, I'm like, Dad, you have to watch this movie. Because it is a Rocky movie. It doesn't say Rocky, but it is a Rocky movie, and it's totally worth the watch.
1: That's like when I first saw it. I, when I first saw it, I was I was uh, I was living in my dad at the time, and I'm in the basement, and I'm like, "Yes, get him, get him!" My dad comes down, and he's like, "What's wrong?" And she was like, "I'm sorry. I'm just. I mean, the movie's just getting me really into it." And he was like, "What are you watching?" And I was like, "I'm watching Creed." I was like, "That's Sylvester Stallone, right?" I was like, "Yeah. You know, it's it's Rocky." I was like, "Oh, really?" And he sat down and he watched a little bit with me. Like he didn't watch all of it, he only watched a little bit with me, and then later on he watched it completely. And he's like, I understand why he was right there. I was like, Yeah, you know, because you just you just want to be there and give him the support, you know, because you see him go through all that tough time trying to get to where he got in the first movie, and you're just like, Yeah. You know, it's like if it makes you just think about life. You know, if somebody like him, who came from nothing, and rose to the top. Anybody else can do it.
0: Yeah, that's that's the the charm mm-hmm. and the appeal of it. And it's I don't know. And if it'll and it will ever like <laughs> go away. It's that's, that's an American classic. So yeah, that comes out November twenty first of this year.
1: And if, if we were just talking about you know having to wait for. Jurassic World. Now we're going to be the same, you know, same thing for Creed 2. <laughs> yeah.
0: It, it's on my list, <laughs> it's Just ever ever growing. <laughs> um other news. And the World of Star Wars. Uh-huh. Lucasfilms has decided to hold off on any a Star Wars story type films. Okay. So they're going to put a hold on any more spin-off movies for a while um, because Solo didn't do as good as they thought it was going to do. They got a lot of mixed reviews like, and it didn't make as much as any of the other Star Wars movies have. Um, it made, I think, about half, about not even, I think less than half of how much, I think it made like almost a fourth of how much uh, the other movie, the That's- other spin-off is that as well Rogue One Rogue One made about 438 million domestically and the first four weeks worth they've only had like 100 and something million
1: Is that also is like how I keep telling everybody after infinity war like any any other movie that that's in the line of like comics or or, or anything else like that they have to really push the envelope to surpass Infinity War.
0: Well, that's that's what I was reading, too, that they think maybe, you know, with the release being in that month, I mean, you had Infinity War and Deadpool 2 in the same month, and then you have Solo, and it's like, and like I said, it wasn't that epic. You
1: know, you got two heavy hitters. And you then have you got- very
0: two very epic movies, and then you have Solo, a Star Wars movie, which really wasn't epic. It was very family-friendly, but it wasn't epic.
1: Because you know it's an origin movie, so obviously it's not going to be on the, in the same pace as them two. So it's like okay, you got these two heavy hitters, and then you got this one. It's kind of like it gets up there sometimes, but then it also kind of like mellows out. So it's like if they probably would have held it all, you know, held it off a little bit, maybe like let's say around this time, maybe it would have done a little bit better. But then again, you know, like I said, you got Infinity War, you got Deadpool two. You know, it's like, eh, it's to be expected.
0: Yeah. I mean, and again, I felt the movie was very predictable, and I knew what was coming before it was coming. So.
1: I mean, they're even saying the same thing for Ant-Man and the Wasp.
0: Yeah, they're not predicting it to make too much. You
1: know, it's like, after, since Ant-Man and the Wasp is pretty much before and after Infinity War, you know, they're pretty much down the lines, like, thinking, like, okay. Are they going to be able to capture the same way as Infinity War did or not? But me personally, come on, it's Ant-Man and the Wasp. Even though some people, you know, some people think like, "Uh, Ant-Man, who, you know, who who is he really? You know, it's like he's not really a superhero, whatever.
0: He's Paul Rudd. <laughs> That's what, what I got to say. What some people
1: don't understand is that Ant-Man is really underrated.
0: Well, you know what the problem with Ant-Man is? The f- trailers for the first movie.
1: Not that, like, not that many people knew about
0: Ant-Man. A lot of people didn't watch Ant-Man because the trailers showed it as very kitschy, very um, overly family-friendly. They didn't – so a lot of people didn't give it a chance. So a lot of people who didn't give it a chance who haven't even watched the first one or already prejudging the second one based off their impressions of the first one's trailers. The first one was amazing. And the first <laughs> one was actually really good. It, I watched the trailers too and I was at first, I was like, eh, this looks really, really campy. It looked very campy.
1: Me, I heard Ant-Man and I was going crazy. I was like, finally, Ant-Man! You yeah, know.
0: but I'm saying based off the trailer. The yeah. trailer made it look campy. With the scene with the uh, Thomas the Train or whatever, <laughs> it was funny. If you watch it in context, it was a lot better than watching it in the trailer. So a lot of people just based it off the trailer and never went and watched the movie. So I know a lot of people who've watched a lot of the um, the movies. I've watched all the Marvel movies except for Ant Man, because in their mind it's very campy, it's very goofy, and they didn't think it fit in the Marvel universe. And it's like watch the movie it fits it's really good
1: he's one of the originals even though he didn't come out in the avengers which okay i get it not that many people you know at that time when the avengers first came out they were still testing the waters you know what i mean it's like will this work and avengers worked and because of that is when all these other marvel movies have been coming out and it's like how I say, you know, like I was telling my buddies when he was like, Oh, you know, Ant Man, you know, the Marvel movie, the Marvel universe can do without him. And I was like, Dude, it's like how everybody talks about the Flash. They don't really know the Flash. The first thing they say is, Oh, he runs real fast. What else? You know, like, Wow, big deal. The same thing they say about Ant Man It's like, Oh, he can get, he can shrink to size. Whoop dee doo. And it's like, No, he does a lot more than that. So the Atom. Adam- Exactly. In DC. Exactly. The same way. yeah. So exactly. very sim-
0: they're similar characters in many ways. But, but I think, again, I really feel that people are underestimating Ant-Man and the Wasp because of their impression of the f- trailer from the first movie. Watch the first movie. See that it is not campy. It's actually a really entertaining fun ride of a movie. And give the second one a chance. Especially, like, I liked it when he was in... Civil War. He did really good in Civil War.
1: He actually turned into Giant Man, and then in Ant Man and the Wasp, Doctor Goliath comes out. Like when I saw that in the trailer, I was like, "Oh my God, my inner child is yeah. going crazy!" And they're
0: they're comparing <laughs> their sizes. Who got bigger? And he like brags about how big he gets. He's like, "Oh, you got that big," and like he's impressed. And that again, it's fun. Paul Rudd is fun, but. It's gonna have action. It's gonna be a good story. So I'm looking forward to Ant Man and the Wasp.
1: And the thing is,
0: Anthony's gone.
1: Without what's that?
0: Anthony. Oh, (laughs) poor Anthony. R.I.P. Anthony.
1: Poor Anthony. Yes. Without Ant Man, Infinity War Part Two is not gonna make sense. Because Ant Man, Ant Man has a big role in Infinity War Two. So people really need to give him a chance because he's awesome.
0: Yeah. He's he's definitely, again, As you, I agree with you, very far underrated. But I didn't finish talking about Lucas. Sorry. Films. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know how you cut me off and got me over talking about Ant-Man. But, uh, okay, we're talking about El Solo. Mm-hmm. And yours. But the thing is, so they're going to focus their attention on the current trilogy, And episode nine is supposedly going to wrap up Ray's story. Okay. And then they're working actually, they're already in work. They already announced it and they're gonna do another trilogy after this one.
1: Okay. (laughs) I'm just like, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it because Last Jedi, like, let's just put it this way. Ever since the new uh the new Trilogies came out, you know, Force Awakens, Last Jedi. I've been confused since they, they, you know, since they came out because there's characters that I've never heard of before, you know, and then they introduce certain characters in the fir- in the Force Awakens that they do not mention in the Last Jedi. So hopefully for Episode nine, it, it is right. Yep. Hopefully for Episode 9, they can answer all my questions. Or probably not. But then again, I really hope they do because they first mentioned the Knights of Ren and Force Awaken. I'm thinking like, awesome. Last Jedi, probably they're going to you know talk a little bit more about them or who they are. Because in The Last Jedi, spoilers for whoever haven't seen it. Spoilers again, just in case. They talk about Ben when he was in, in training with, with Luke, but they never showed the other. Uh, they never really showed the other, the other Paddle Ones. They only showed Ben. And but
0: they, that's the thing is, this trilogy, the current trilogy, has been Ray's story. It's more like, yes, they're giving you hints of Kylo, but it's not really Kylo's story, it's Ray's story.
1: No, yeah, I understand that. So, But I'm just saying, like, okay, if Kylo has the Knights of Ren, you know, it's like, shouldn't they be, like, his guard or something? like, Or, like, his lackeys, as you can say. You know what I mean? They usually hang around with them.
0: Maybe that's where the next story's going to go. Maybe once they conclude Rey's story, they'll continue with Kylo, and more will develop from there. Again, it's not the books, it's the movies. It's completely... You know, just like with the comic books, they're different universes. They're not going to be in the same universe. So the next trilogy, which this is the part that really intrigues me about it, is they're getting new writers. Okay. The writers for the next trilogy is going to be David Benoff and D.B. Weiss, writers from Game of Thrones.
1: You have my attention.
0: So... That, right, exactly. That's my, when I read that, I'm like, I know those names. And I looked them I'm like, duh, Game of Thrones. So they've, that got me like, oh.
1: And they definitely know how to tell a story.
0: Yeah. So the collaboration between those two for the next trilogy, I'm like, well, maybe there's hope for the next trilogy and Hopefully. it'll be, <laughs> it'll definitely be more interesting. So that right there piqued my interest. Once I read those names, I'm like, oh my God, this is good like
1: good news. <laughs> yeah. Did they mention who might be in line for the, you know, like that's, the only, that's literally the only Just thing the that's
0: been announced is the two writers who are, who are, they're working on, they're focusing. Lucas films is putting all its focus away from the, um, off movies and the, you know, a star Wars story movies, which are the offs and, Putting it all back into the original trilogy, the original storyline.
1: Yeah, because they really need to like give it that oomph back to it, you know, just how they did Rogue One.
0: But I have to say this though, I'm kind of after I read what Lucas was planning on doing with the story. In a way, sad to say, is I'm kind of happy that he's they got took the. He sold the rights to the movie because his plan for this, the current trilogy was actually to go more scientific into the background of the force.
1: Well, I understand because that's sort of kind of like what the books do after um, Return of the Jedi.
0: Well, that no, that's what he's going to do with like this whole trilogy that's where he his direction in his mind was to going more into explaining the what the force is and more again scientifically driven less than character driven Mm -hmm. so i don't know i think he would have lost a lot of audience with that probably like i i read the name that he called the creatures that are part of the force it's like willocrin or something so ah, weird
1: yes cuz remember the the force is all around them you know physical and non-physical so not just you know i wouldn't say humans cuz not not you know humans are not the only people that are jedi but creatures as well are force sensitive so i understand where you coming from
0: yeah so that's the thing is though um
1: because there are even hints that um, the the pilot Poe yeah they are saying that he might be also force sensitive because of the way that you know his pilot his piloting skills you yeah know how crazy he is and he does all the you know they're yeah. saying that maybe he's you know force sensitive.
0: Well, that's the thing is because you know how it's uh, Phantom Menace right where they bring they first speak about the Medclorians medichlorians and that wasn't very well received by people so if he would have gone the direction he would have want to go in. It kind of would have been like that times a thousand and he probably would have lost a bunch of people. It's over 9,000! The shirt I'm wearing right now. That's actually... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well,
1: okay. Me personally, my opinion, uh, with the new trilogies that they're thinking about doing, obviously, Luke is finito. You know what I mean? He's not coming back But then again, we don't know what he did in that time after Return of the Jedi. So hopefully, and I'm really crossing my fingers here. I really do hope that they somehow talk about, you know, his lineage. uh, Lineage? Is that how you say it? Lineage. Lineage. There we go. Because... And I understand, obviously, they're not going to go that much into detail uh, into book into the into the actual books, but if you you know, the books and the comics are mostly strongly based on Luke's family, the Skywalkers, and or his uh, love interests. So, let's see what happens.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm looking at, and like I said, I'm excited about the writers for the new trilogy. So. It's it should be a fun direction. and again, focusing not like that's the problem with me or brother say about WWE. I keep on calling it WF. I grew up in w w f
1: so <laughs> like
0: they they are stretching themselves so thin because they have like a million programming that the main shows are f- like suffering, which brings me to r i p Vader. It's Vader Time.
1: So sad. It's time. So it's sad time. that I heard that you know he passed away. It's
0: Veda time. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read what he passed away from, but I just had to throw that in there. Um and the the last thing kind of in well, no, I have a few more things to say. But on um, DC News and the Comic Con for it's San Diego Comic Con. Uh-huh. They're the announcer who's Presenter from last the last few years, he's not going to be presenting this year. They haven't said who's going to be presenting yet. They haven't announced him, but they did announce that they are going to show the new trailer for Aquabro. I mean Aquaman <laughs> and Sam, starring Zachary Levy. I love him, but I am very ashamed right now. Very ashamed.
1: Let's just hope
0: he's Green Lanterning it.
1: I mean, like I said. <laughs> Let's just hope that maybe, and I'm just saying a big maybe here, that these two movies, Aquaman and Shazam, can fix the DC universe. I doubt it. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm not giving them like a, oh my God, they're our saviors, but eh, hopefully. Uh, but I'm not keeping my hopes up.
0: It's Green Lantern. They're Green Lanterning it, and like that's that's my story. But... Other than that, I'm not going to DC hate today. <laughs> I'm a DC fanatic, and I'm not going to DC hate. I'm going to just join the Space Force. And <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about Kiss Me First, which is a new Netflix series that's coming out this next week, I think it is. And it's very Ready Player One. From what
1: I saw, yeah.
0: And it's it's just nice it's interesting to see the influence already that is coming from the concept of that movie like they're it's a st- uh, series it's not a movie and it's basically some people are playing online virtual again very similar to play one with them getting into the game at least it's not like post-apocalyptic time it's more current and someone is actually killing the people who are playing in these virtual reality world, in the real world, and trying to find out who it is that's killing their friends.
1: So it's sort of kind of like Ready Player One meets Sword Art Online. Sort of kind of. I know you haven't seen that anime yet, but in the premise. It's somewhat.
0: kind of Ready Player One meets Scary Movie.
1: <laughs> yeah. And let me clarify. Sword Art Online Season 2.
0: Bef- okay. Before
1: I start. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but, you know, but think about it. Right now, VR VR is booming now because of Ready Player One. So VR is being very integrated now. You know, you got the PlayStation VR. You know, you got the freaking um, Oculus also getting a lot of recognition. So it's kind of cool how it's you know it's a series that's trying to keep in keep it current with the times
0: no and then we were going through the trailers for movies and we came across the trailer for actually the video game that you've been dying to play which one uh, i can't i can't say his name patient <laughs> <The Asian> guy <laughs> with norman reedus
1: oh his name is hideo kojima that's uh hideo. death stranding yeah oh my god oh my god that's all i gotta say it's just they showed a little bit of gameplay, you know. I like I like the direction that Kojima is going with the game, because they did a they did a panel where they asked him like you know what the game's gonna be about, and just like I said, he's really not gonna give out details, because to be honest, the game is only thirty percent done. Like they're not really they're It's not even at fifty percent. So what we saw on the trailer and on the the gameplay trailer, that's probably not even going to be the finished product. You know what I mean? And he said that yes, there's going to be combat involved, but you decide how you're gonna, uh, you're gonna decide the actions of how you're gonna, uh, how you're gonna, uh, how do you say it? Tackle that challenge. You know, you can decide that yes, you can go all gun ho, or you can try to go around it. So it's a, it it it's just a lot of ways that you can play this game, different ways that you can play it. Just like example, uh, Metal Gear Solid: The Phantom Pain, same way, you can go around and you can kill everybody, or you can knock them out. With you know, tranquilizer dart, or you can just literally, you know, hold them at gunpoint and then knock them out, you know, or not be seen at all, which is actually doable because I've done it. So, I like it how he gives the player the ability to play the game how they see fit and his storytelling. I remember I saw your face when you saw the trailer, and you were like, Okay, this is awesome.
0: Yeah, and I like a game with good story. That's what my <laughs> big thing with gaming is. And
1: that's that's what Death Stranding is all about, story. And there was a little bit of there's a little bit of info that came out over the baby that Norman Reedus carries that they're saying that there's a possibility. He didn't even he didn't confirm it. Hideo Kojima didn't confirm it, but there's a possibility that when he's holding the baby, that's actually him when he's in a, in, in a baby stage. So if anything ever if anything happens to him at that moment like if he gets caught by the mysterious creature that you can't see until
0: you know, he turns the bait like he gets the baby's attention
1: and the, when, with the baby is how he can somewhat see. I don't even remember. I don't even remember what they what, what they had called them, but it's just weird because you, you, all you see is like a black silhouette or not even a silhouette. You usually see it's like these black things around a shadowy thing, you know. And then when he gets, you know, when he gets, it's close... like
0: it's silhouettes of like giant people connected by umbilical cords, exactly. Kind of just in the sky. That's and, what it looked like to me.
1: And if any of them touches you, it's actually very catastrophic. The outcome of it, because in a previous trailer, when they're very
0: of... weeping angel.
1: Exactly, because you know, in in the new game, in the new uh, gameplay demo, they pretty much said that if they touch you, everything around you moves forward in time. But there's consequences on that because in the previous trailer, that's what ended up happening. He got touched, and then you saw him going into water. But it's not like he was going into water. It's like he's being reborn, and then he's going back. To how he was before they had touched him. And when he wakes up, there's a big crater. Like, remember how you saw that big being, And then you saw that explosion? So, it's like, if they touch you, everything around you is going to change. So, it's like, okay, how is that going to be... How is that going to impact in the game, in the story? So, I'm excited. It looks awesome. It looks ten times better. (laughs) Now that they showed the gameplay of it. So, you know even though some people already have memes for it, you know, like walking simulator. <laughs> so it's kind of funny, but I can't wait for it. They haven't really announced, announced it. The visuals
0: on it look amazing. And it's only 30% done. <laughs> so imagine the
1: visuals again, because Kojima really, he's not the type of person that he'll just make a game halfway and then throw it out. No, he, if it's, if it's, to, if it to him, it's not 100%. He's not throwing it out. And that's what makes, that's what separates him from every other developer because he's story driven and he he likes to pay attention to detail not only in gameplay story but also in graphics.
0: Awesome, awesome.
1: And then you got a whole buttload more of games that were announced that it's just crazy. It's too many, way too many.
0: Yeah, and we haven't had a chance to do our E3 recap episode.
1: Because the thing is, you know, like every time I was like, okay, let's do it now, they announce something else. And it's just like, God, come on. Just give me a plateau. You know, just like stop for a minute. <laughs> Let me gather up all the info.
0: Yeah, I'm saying we should just record. <laughs> just throw it out there what we have and we'll keep updating weekly like we do normally.
1: Because <laughs> it's so. it's a lot. They, they even announce a World War Z game. And I'm over here like, eh. Another zombie game, I don't know how I feel about it. I saw the gameplay and I'm like, that looks awesome. Like, forget The Walking Dead, even though The Walking Dead trailer looked somewhat okay. But, come on, you got all these super zombies running after you. You know what I mean? And it follows, the the game's going to follow more the book, not the movie. But it looks awesome.
0: Which would be great. Because the movie just ended
1: which they said they were going to continue it, but they still haven't announced it yet. But the book, the book is awesome. Yeah. And if the game's going to follow the book, I can't wait to play it. Cause I, I, I don't, you know, I want to continue the story, you know, but then again, but then again, like I'm saying, you know, there's a lot of other zombie games that are also coming out. So it's like, is the zombie theme being saturated? Yes. But can they do something different about it? Maybe. Maybe. You know, cause you got Days Gone, that one looks great. You got uh, Dying Light two, so it's like, ah, it was like okay, another zombie game, and then obviously the Walking Dead, Overkill. I think it was no, I think it, I can't remember what the actual name for it is right now.
0: But That's how I feel about the Walking Dead. It's Overkill. <laughs> so they're
1: making, you know, they're making <laughs> another game for you know the Walking Dead, and then you got you know War War Z, and it's like too many zombie games. You know, it's like give it a moment. You know.
0: The the market's definitely oversaturated.
1: Yeah. That's why when they announced Super Smash Bros. The Ultimate, I was like, yes! Something that, you know, I've been wanting to see ever since um, Brawl came out. And this one's going to be every character from the Super Smash roster. It's like, yes, you and me are going to have a lot of fun with that game. (laughs) And I, I can see us. I can see us just getting out of work, you know, taking care of the day. You know, getting to know, like, oh, how was your day? My day was great. All right, let's jump to it. <laughs> Who's doing the dishes? You know what? Let's Super Smash it.
0: <laughs> oh, then I'll always have to do the dishes.
1: <laughs> hey, you kicked my butt in injustice, so don't give me that. Okay.
0: Because I like fighter games. <laughs> you
1: know what And the good thing, the good thing I like about Super Smash is I'm that actually
0: really good in Mortal Kombat too. <laughs>
1: The good thing about super smash is that the controls are not very complicated if you think about it it's pretty much the same thing for almost every character you just gotta you just gotta know how to defend yourself and know how to attack when you're supposed to attack that's the best thing about it so anybody can pick it up and have a very good time playing it that's why super smash is so amazing and so uh how do you call it held in such a good standard as a good fighting game because people still play the 64 version at Melee, which mm-hmm. came out in GameCube, so it's like because those are the, those are awesome. So I can, like I said, I can definitely see us.
0: I you, still play Mortal Kombat in Super Nintendo
1: because they're freaking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also have another game which people are calling the Destiny Killer, aka Anthem. I don't know what to say about it. I like it, the graphics look cool, the idea is awesome, you're not really building up a character, you're building up a javelin, which is an exosuit that you get into. But they say that it's more story driven and they're not throwing PvP when it first came out when it first comes out. But then again a lot of people are getting angry about it. But then people need to understand that when Destiny first came out, PvP was not launched in the same time it was launched i think it was like either that friday that it came out or if not the following week so hopefully it's a good game i'm not saying that it's going to you know it's going to kill off destiny cuz destiny now it's coming out with this uh fourth installment called Forsaken so hopefully with that update it brings destiny up to the standards that players are really hoping for but i'm really looking forward to a new style of gameplay which anthem brings so hopefully it's good. And you know, obviously down the line you got the Division 2 coming out with new stuff. You got um The Last of Us Part 2. Mhm. I remember you saw that one and you even you yourself was like the graphics man, she looks real. Yeah. And that's and then not only that, you yourself how you say that you like story-driven games, you will really enjoy it. Because the first I even have the remastered of the first one. And the first one, the story really captures you because it's just the first five to ten minutes of the first one. You're already like, oh, damn, like you're really feeling for the character. Yeah. You know, you're like, damn, really? It's only been 10 minutes into the game and this happens to this character. And you're like, man, that sucks. So hopefully they can really capture that for the second one. But I'm already feeling for Ellie in the second one. I'm like, damn, a lot of stuff has happened. Since the last of us won. So I can't wait.
0: Well, the new fallout game looks good too.
1: fallout 76. It looks amazing. I love it. I love what I saw so far. I like that. It's online play, but then again, but also there's a lot of other players that are not really receiving it kind of well because Mm -hmm. of it being online, but it's the type of fallout that I've been waiting for because yes, I love the, I I love the single player. I really do. I love the whole modding community. It's it's fun. But being able to also mess with other vault dwellers, that's fun too. You know, and then um, how they were saying that, you know, like, oh, you can gather up nukes. Okay, I'm listening.
0: Yeah, you can nuke somebody.
1: Exactly. You can get a group of your buddies and you can go around the wasteland and pretty much look for these launch codes. And if you feel like you want to just, you know, you feel like you want to troll on somebody that day for whatever reason, you can just drop a nuke on them. And I was like, really? That's awesome. So, you know, the, the, the hype for it is there. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of people that are just, you know, be like, well,
0: Bleh. it appeals to you. Cause you like to play with your buddies online. It doesn't appeal to me who likes to play by myself. And I don't like to rely on other people to play a game. <laughs> I wanna, If I want to play, I want to play. And I, I don't care if you're on, if you're not on. I want to be able to play my game.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, everybody but, has, you know.
0: Exactly. So, there's different types of gamers. Exactly. So, your type of gamer, your type of gaming style, you, I mean, this is totally for up your alley. And this is totally for you.
1: Come on, I can drop a nuke on somebody. <laughs> How can it not be in my alley? <laughs> but it's good. And then... Before anybody says anything, they announced Elder Scrolls Six. They haven't th- they haven't given an, they haven't given a launch date or you know a big major trailer, but they teased it.
0: You pre downloaded it, didn't you?
1: No, no, that's the mobile game. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Elder Scroll Six, everybody, and I'm gonna say everybody because I'm included in that group. We've been asking for Elder Scrolls Six for ever since you know skyrim came out and all we've been getting
0: i think i smelled urine once you saw it because i think you pissed yourself when you (laughs) saw (laughs) when when i
1: saw i was like you know as soon as i heard the chanting i was like nah nah tom you're messing with me come on don't do this and then it says elder scroll 6 i was like yes
0: yeah like i said i swear you pissed yourself (laughs) because
1: skyrim was good they they did a very good job with Skyrim and it's been so good that it been it's been remastered, then remastered again, then remastered again, and then put on VR. That's just how awesome, you know, Elder Scrolls 5 is. So you know and then they came out with Elder Scrolls Online and it's not my it's not my cup of tea. Elder Scrolls Online is really not my cup of tea. I tried it. I was like, eh, it's fun, but it it doesn't give me that. Urge to go back into it and play for hours because Jesus Christ, Skyrim took so much time out of me that I, I like I've I've looked back into my playtime. I was like, oh my God, five hundred plus. Jesus Christ. <laughs>
0: yep, you can tell you didn't have a girlfriend at the time. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know, and and then not only that, I was working because I was in uh, you know I was in Puerto Rico at the time. You know, I was working, and then yet I still I almost have you know I literally have almost. All the achievements for for the 360. I'm still working on the Xbox One, playing it all over again. But it's just like, it's a fun game to play in it because not every time you start it off, it's going to be the same thing. Yes, the quests are going to be the same, but the interaction is always different. It's always changing. And that's what makes that game awesome. So I can't wait for Elder Scrolls 6. (laughs) And then obviously for the retro players. And I'm talking about PC players. Doom Eternal is literally Doom 2, Hell on Earth. God, I can't wait. As soon as I, saw the, as soon as I saw the Imp Demon, I was like, yes, they're giving me Hell on Earth. They're bringing back the Doom Slayer. It's like, I enjoyed Doom 2016. They, you know, Bethesda did a very good job at coming taking it back and making it into what Doom really is, a classic game. And with Doom Eternal, they're doing it all over again. And come on, they even remade Wolfenstein. Mhm. And so far, Bethesda has been on track doing it right. Even though Elder Scrolls Online, I'm sorry to say, it's a piece of crap. <laughs> But when it comes to like AAA titles like Wolfenstein, Doom, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, they're really, really doing a good job. And I really hope they continue that down the, you know, down the years. And what else? Cyberpunk 2077. We got more, you know, m- we got more of video, not really gameplay, but it looks like it's from what we saw back in 2015. Or was it? No, 2014. My bad. From what we saw back in 2014, and it looks amazing. You know, so I can't wait for it. Hopefully next year it comes out. And like I said, there's there's a lot of games. You know, you got Kingdom Hearts three. You got um, what else? There's another. The Kingdom
0: Hearts one looks good. I want to play that one.
1: And I, really I was watching
0: that, and I'm like, I want to play that because you get to you get to sail the seven seas with Captain Jack Sparrow. Have
1: you even had the chance to play the other ones? No. Perfect. I know exactly what to get then. Because <laughs> cause the thing is, Kingdom Hearts three picks up after you know Kingdom Hearts two, even though it's been years since Kingdom Hearts two has come out. So you know if you really enjoyed what you saw out of King the trailers of Kingdom Hearts three, then I gotta get you the first two. So you can get yourself up to speed about what's going on. But I I really liked how they took their time to throw it out. Because when they had announced it, the year later, is when Frozen came out.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: Moana. And then Wreck-It Ralph. So it's like, ugh. You know, they had to stop because they had to add those characters into it. Because it's Final Fantasy meets Disney. Yeah. And I really loved it. I can't wait for it. Comes out January 29th. They can't. finally you know they finally gave us a you know a release date for it. So
0: I can't wait for Wreck and Ralph 2.
1: <laughs> Me neither. Seeing oh it Cinderella? Yeah. <laughs> Breaking the the slip and be like, who's you? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, again, a lot of games. You got Metro, you got Jump Force, you got um Days Gone, Anthem, the Division Two, Last of Us Two, Neo Two. You got many other, you know, companies, you know, from software for you, you know, for my fellow gamers who played the Dark Souls series, they're coming out with a new game, actually two, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of games to put in just one simple episode, you know, I, I, you know, I can go for hours and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to bore some of the listeners, you know,
0: You're like, oh my God,
1: this guy just keeps talking about video games.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it's getting late, nerds.
1: It really is, nerds. It's getting late. It's, I'm hungry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you can find us as usual at our stomping grounds and social media at Facebook.com. I am Nerd Candy, SoundCloud.com slash I am Nerd Candy, iTunes to search for Nerd Candy, and Instagram. I am underscore nerd underscore candy.
1: And you can find me on Twitch and Mixer under the guy in the chair underscore between every word and in one, one for, for the eye. eye.
0: Yes, we need to switch and mix more. We haven't been doing it lately, so we need to we need to definitely pick up on that.
1: Oh, I'm definitely going to. You know, like there there's a lot of there's a lot of continuation in games. I forgot to mention, and you know, the new Halo and then the new Gears. I'm getting back into Gears 4 so I can be ready for Gears 5 so I'll be definitely
0: yeah um, we need some more streaming going on but you can find us there so we're gonna wrap our 10th episode and say Night Night Nerds
1: Night Night Nerds